0: All right, so I'm kind of laying in the plane, bat and cleanup on our spiritual warfare series, The Struggle is Real today. And I'm not going to say anything new that you haven't heard from Pastor Ralph, Pastor Jim. They've done a great job. But I found a, a metaphor that I want to use that comes from a military term called recon. Are you familiar with this? Reconnaissance, it's gathering information. And it's not just military. It's, it's the way we uh, handle life, like for example, like I like to go on trips, I like to go on vacation, sometimes I go on mission trips and I need to find out information about that place that I'm going, what's the language, what's the culture, but I'm a foodie, anyone else here is a foodie, raise your hand if you're a foodie, I like, I like go Google, Instagram, who's, who's got the best picture of a pastry from Germany or whatever, because like, I don't want just a donut. Like I want the world's best donut, right? You want to experience that, the world's best cup of coffee. So you need to do some recon, right? You need to do some information gathering. You might be a business person or an entrepreneur that you want to start a business. You don't just like, hey, I think I'll just start this business. You gather, you do that recon, you do that information. What's the market like? Do I have a product? What's my competition, right? This makes sense. It's been said that people don't plan to fail, but they fail to plan. So you need good information to plan. Someone in here, someone online, hello online viewers, you're thinking about having children. I suggest you talk to somebody that has children. Get some information about the, for us it was six weeks of sleepless nights. I was a zombie. I don't even know how I lived through that, but we get through it, right? You need that information. Talk to a parent who's, who survived that struggle that is very real I remember in grade school uh, that maybe this is a thing that was when I was a kid I don't know if you did it but all the guys like if you liked a girl would you go to that girl and talk to her no you asked a friend to talk to their friend who would talk to them and then you sent the note I like you do you like me check box A. Hey, yes <laughs> B No. right We suffered less of a rejection, somehow, when it came back with that cute note. But the proof was when you looked over there and the girl talked to her and she smiled at you, then you were like, she likes me. That's recon, that's recon. We're built to get information like that. So I did a little Google search. I found one particular um, military expert who wrote this article and We could say general information gathering, but they broke it down into these specific areas. And I found that if we use this as a metaphor for our spiritual battle, we can see some things that are pretty cool today. So I'm gonna go through these real quick. There's route or route recon, and that's where you find out what the enemy supply lines, where they are, what they're like, what they're feeding, the the ammunition, the the food and things like that. And then it goes the same for us. Like where are our supply lines? Because you need to be aware of what's, what's feeding you, what's fueling you. And then there's area. This is like um, the specific terrain that needs to be navigated. So we would, we would go and investigate. Like warfare in a desert is completely different than warfare in a jungle, right? So you need that information. Where is the battle? What, what's, what area is that happening? And then more specifically, the zone recon is like the hot zone. What is going on in that? Uh, specific, rapidly changing. How many of you know in a battle, things change fast? Uh, so you need to have information about that. What are we learning from boots on the ground in that situation? And then there was something called "in-force," and this is like um, I thought this was really intriguing, where you intentionally engage the enemy to see. What they're made of to see how they're going to respond what weapons they use what tactics it's like a little poke in the bear and, and see what what comes up so that's a valuable thing to think about we're going to have a kind of a spiritual uh look at that and then finally a special it's, it's special covert ops in hostile politically sensitive environments you know our government does all things all the time god bless you god bless you be healed in jesus name. Our government does all the times that you don't know about because it's that special, that covert, You know, it's not gonna be broadcast to the world, but you need to get information on that. So let's expound on this spiritually, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to basically one, one big truth and then three supporting ideas, and I will be sharing scripture. You're like, wait a minute, he hasn't he hadn't quoted a scripture yet, I'm getting concerned. I'm gonna get to that. There's gonna be plenty of word in this message, just so you know, put you at ease right now. So this route or supply line where are we vulnerable? Did you know that the enemy, I believe, he, he keeps his supply lines intact when we gossip, when the church gossips among one another, when we allow strife to kind of fester and keep going, when we have disunity, when we have infighting, uh, when we have big, biblical ignorance, when we're totally unaware of what God's word says about something? This keeps the enemy like fueled locked and loaded and ready to attack us he uses fear he wants to use isolation to separate us to be off in our own to get discouraged to use doubt and unbelief and so here's what i believe he wants to cut off our supply line of this faith-fueled spirit-empowered prayer and worship Spirit-fueled, spirit-empowered worship. That is a supply line. We experienced some of that today in our service, and I'm going to talk in a minute about what that looks like for us as individuals. But those are some of the routes that we can see spiritually, and we can get good recon, good intel, good information, and know where to shore up our defenses. Are you with me today? So let's talk about the area. This is pretty cool. The specific terrain, the specific area. The enemy... Wants to kind of rule a territory. Did you know that? He's interested in kind of what's gone on in this area through the years. There's probably been some unholy covenant alliances. There's probably been some evil practiced around here, some witchcraft. There's been some injustices that weren't stood up for. Uh, there's darkness because the prince of darkness is always trying to do some kind of thing in an area. So, because we're here, We need information, we need to have discernment to know how we stand strong against those things, to break those things, to undo those things so that we can thrive with the mission that he has for us. Is this making sense? That's the area we live in. We live in the US, we live in the Northeast specifically, we live in Ocean and Monmouth County, and we live here in Toms River. So then there's this zone, this hot zone. I wanna talk to you about the hot zone. I think the hottest zone that you're in is right here at the Church of Grace and Peace. This is your hot zone. Things are changing all the time. The enemy's trying to come against families. He's trying to do things. But God is doing things. And we want to look at what God is doing too. And so we would want to find out what are the persistent patterns. They'll start showing up. You ever notice that? Yeah. You hear of something on the prayer call, on the prayer line. You're like, wow, that's like the fifth attack in this area that's a hot zone we need to turn up the heat in prayer against that not only just prayer but it it needs to fuel our desire to love one another even more passionately and to serve one another did you know as I was worshiping down here just now I don't want to get emotional right now but I was very emotional because I just kept looking around and going isn't this beautiful so many different people different backgrounds different occupations different different Nationalities. Um, and I'm very at ease that, that He's called us all together. And you should be too. Don't get nervous. You know, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful picture of heaven, it's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. So I used to get nervous about things and try to watch people and get freaked out, you know. But I'm just like, God is good. He's going to do in us what He wants to do in us. Someone probably thinks I'm weird too, right? You know, everyone thinks each other's weird. So let's just be weird together. <laughs> that was a tangent. Sorry for that. We do this together. We walk this and live this together, and then enforce the the intentional enemy engagement. Look. If you're living as a true believer, you're constantly engaging the enemy. Did you know that? So you're going to find out uh, what his weapons are and what he's trying to do. If we walk in the authority of the name of Jesus, we're going to encounter the enemy's resistance. Uh, Living the kingdom life is a constant assault on the enemy. Know that. Know that your very life as a believer is an assault against what the enemy wants to do. We have to be aware of his devices. We have to resist the devil steadfast in the faith. Amen. So where the attack's the strongest right now, we need to turn up the heat in prayer and faith-filled works of love in action. We need to listen to the Holy Spirit. We need to ask him to show us how to listen. I believe this is possible. To preempt the attacks of the enemy, canceling out his assignments, The Lord will tell us the spirit of discernment, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him should come upon us and we should say, no, you don't. Not in this place, not in these people, not in our territory, not happening. Let's not be dull. Let's not be asleep at the wheel. Let's be awake. And finally, I'm to special, the special forces This is what I believe our special force is the unique opportunity he's given us here in this church, the Church of Grace and Peace. We are God's special forces combating the enemy's insurgents in the lives of this community. If you look at your life that way, you live more on a missional basis. Look, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it, it gets old, like we've been doing this a long time. We want something new and exciting to happen, but we need to, to be faithful. Otherwise, the yang yeah, yang yeah starts creeping up on you. Let's complain about something. Let's talk about what we don't like. Let's talk about what's not happening. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? Let's just get beyond all that junk, can we? And let's just say we are called to be a special force against the enemy for such a time as this in this place. And it's messy and it's ugly and there's casualties and there's things that break our heart and we don't know why they happened but we just know that god's faithful and he's called us to be in this battle together so this is my summary of good kingdom recon good uh, information gathering it's spiritual discernment both on the individual level because some of you all are going to hear things that god's not going to tell me that's just the way he works And then corporately, and so together, if we're living life together, we're sharing that information, we're praying with one another, we collectively are ready to respond. I like this word, collaboratively, co-labor. Collaboratively, co-labor. With the gifts, and he's given us gifts in this church, and the offices that he's installed for this church, and together, Jesus has established those things. What is the purpose? To build and edify the local church. Amen. So let's talk about this key idea. Everything I've said so far, it's gonna be worthless if we don't understand this one truth. And here's the first fill-in for today. It's this key idea. The surrendered life is the ascended life. The surrendered life is the ascended life. How do you get higher in the kingdom? You go lower, amen? Our weapons become effective in a different way than we might think. The kingdom of God is an upside down kingdom. If this is new to you, I hope it's going off inside your spirit like, yes, okay, I get this now, I understand. See, our weapons are only gonna come alive as we embrace the call to follow Jesus, allowing him to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. And then through all of us, what we could not do by ourselves. Only in our surrender to him, to his way, to his kind of life, to his kind of love will we find victory over the enemy. Jesus said this in Luke 9, verse 23, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. That's our memory verse today. If you don't get anything else out of the sermon, please commit that verse to your heart and ask the Lord, what does this look like for me? How does my life in light of the revelation of this understanding how does this support the totality of scripture and the gospel and the good news of kingdom because it's a good one to learn and meditate on and then philippians 3:8 more than that i count all things to be loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing jesus christ my lord for whom i have suffered the loss of all things and count them mere rubbish so that i may gain christ Oh, to live that. Oh, to embrace that, to have that heart like Paul did. So here's our second fill-in today, and this is kind of in this surrendered life. This is a reality. We can't bring our old inclinations into our standing as a new creation and expect victory. It doesn't work that way. You get rid of the old. And see, as believers, again, we, we walk the walk for a while, then all of a sudden the, the way we're used to doing things starts creeping up we start trying to apply our carnal knowledge our our fleshly ways to our christian life and the lord keeps saying you need to jettison that stuff you need to get rid of it you need to understand this galatians two twenty. i have been crucified with christ and it is no longer i who live but christ lives in me the life which i now live in the flesh we're still here. We still are skeletons with skin wrapped around them until we, till we leave. That is a life now lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Favorite passage in all of scripture. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. So remember that this week. When your old inclinations start trying to creep up, say, I'm a new creation. creation. I don't live that way anymore. I don't bring those things into my life as a believer now. So it is in this ascended place with Jesus where the true spiritual battle takes place. But here's the thing, it's a challenging news today. If we choose to re-engage in fleshly lifestyles and carnal practices, it's as though we're relinquishing that victory Paul said, making the cross of no effect. God forbid that we do that. Let it not be so among us. Let's repent quickly of that and move on and grow up in God. So I feel like this sums it up very well. Ephesians two, one through seven. We're talking about surrounding our lives to ascend. We're talking about what was and what's supposed to be as believers. And you were dead in your offenses and sins in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, this is spiritual warfare, this is the struggle is real, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest. And here's the great news, and this is where we should live. But God, but God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come, he might show the boundless riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. The surrendered life is the ascended life. So we need to be aware of something. It helps us to to stay surrendered when we realize this, the next fill in. It's all about what Jesus has done for us, not what circumstances might do to us. God's for us. What difference does it make? Who's against us? What's against us? What's happening? We honestly, in all Canada, we get too preoccupied with our lives and our issues, and we forget what Jesus has done for us. Let Jesus do something through you because of what he has done for you. In other words, I want to encourage you with this don't start trying to fight in the flesh against circumstances. Don't live under the circumstances. Well, under the circumstances, I'm doing, no. Live above them. Live above the circumstances. They're going to be there. They're terrible. They are what they are. But if you live a life of surrender, I guarantee you, you can soar above all that stuff. And you're going to be a testimony and a witness to people who need to meet the real Jesus, right? Who need to meet the real deal. And you'll be the real deal. Colossians two twelve having been buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead and when you were dead in your wrongdoings and in the uncircumcision of your flesh he made you alive together with him having forgiven us all our wrongdoings having canceled the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us which was hostile to us and he has he has he has He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. That is good news, church. That is good news. That has all been done for you. You just have to receive it and walk it out by faith. Remember, if we've surrendered to him, if we have truly done that, and if we have died with him, then past tense, we are raised with him and we are now in our place of proper authority. We have victory over the enemy because we've chosen and continue to choose the surrendered life to Christ Jesus. Is what I'm saying easy? No, (laughs) but it's truth. It's the way to live. The Holy Spirit will help you and the body of Christ will help you. So why is this a challenging message for us? Why is it so difficult to grasp? Because in our mind, Losing never equals winning. Only in the kingdom of God can you make that statement. Losing something equals gaining something. So I kind of look at it like this the only way God can get all of us, you and I, with our issues, with our gifts, with our strengths, with our personalities, our sketchy pasts, every, all of that, all on the same page is to say, hey, follow me. Lay your, lay your life down. And guess what? Now the playing field is level. Now I can do something beautiful through you and with you together. But that happens in surrender. So because of that, and I think a lot of you grasp this. I think a lot of you understand this if you've been a Christian for very long, a follower of Jesus. Because of that, the enemy knows this and he's now coming to build a lie against the truth. That's what he did in the garden. That's what he always does. He takes part of the Word of God, and twists it to make it something that it isn't. So we need to be aware of this. This is the the enemy's big lie that he uses against us, and that's this. Let me summarize it. It's our next fill-in. That God's gifts and blessings are for our self-service. Very subtle. Well, what do you mean? God gave it to me. I should, I should use it. I should be promoted in the kingdom, or or we've got the me, my thing there instead of the we, us, and are. okay? So God didn't give you a gift and he didn't bless you for you to serve yourself. That's a lie from the enemy. The truth we need to surrender to is this, the next fill in, that God's gifts and blessings enlist us to selfless service. God's gift and blessings enlist us to selfless service. Follow the patriarchs through Scripture. Follow all the stories. Whenever they got confused about what it was about, they got in trouble. And we will too. But if we say, I surrender to you, Lord, it's your way, not my way. Are you tracking with me still? Yeah. Matthew 26, 39. I'm, I know I'm going long. I'm going I'm to finish up real, real quick here. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father... it is possible let this cup pass from me yet not as I will but as you will so just like Jesus in the garden just like that statement of surrendering his will the kingdom didn't come about by force by a government takeover but it was by a selfless sacrifice the lamb that was slain and he wants us to follow him in his footsteps so here's three areas we can do to bolster this one key area the surrendered life is the ascended life here we go area number one surrender to the authority of the word of God we need a disciplined personal study of and deep meditation on God's word this will anchor us privately let me talk about that for a second I love that you version is a thing it's phenomenal i love that all of the big name people write books and give us devotions a new version but most of that will not take you deep enough into god's word it's encouraging it's surfacey. drill deep get into bible study scripture was written for us to meditate to speak to meditate again to speak to go back again the next day go deeper go deeper we have a bible school You should go to our Bible school, learn more about God's Word. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ralph. And it has to go beyond a service area, and you need to do that personally so that you can be anchored privately. But it doesn't stop there. We need to sit under the public preaching. This is what I'm doing today and teaching of God's Word so that we're rooted and grounded together. Okay? Personal Bible study, go deep, get enriched, Get rooted and grounded, then come together and hear what God is saying through his word to this body. It's not either or, it's both and. Because in here, God's going to use the word to help you flourish in this place for the vision that God has uniquely given this local church. Number two, these are surrenders. Surrender to the authority, to the priority, excuse me, of prayer and worship. So the authority of God's word, and then surrender to the priority of prayer and worship. This is a discipline. For some of us, it comes more natural. Maybe you like music. Maybe listening to worship music is your thing or whatever. Um, But at some point, it becomes a discipline where you have to dig deeper and to cultivate a rich prayer life and a rich life of worship. Here's what I wrote. Private worship and prayer surrenders our hearts individually to the Lord. God knows what James needs and I'm not gonna get it here. I'm gonna get it with him and him speaking personally to me and that exchange and that rich growth that happens in prayer, my petitions to him and my worship, my adoration to him. That's privately, you need that. But then there's corporate worship, okay? So your needs aren't gonna get, your private needs aren't always gonna get met corporately. If you expect that to happen, then you'll have a disenchanted view of the church and its purpose. But corporate worship and prayer surrenders our hearts collectively to the Lord. I'm going to do a sales pitch for the weekly prayer call right now, every Sunday, 6 p.m. We could have a lot more people on that, and it's for your own good. It's for your spiritual benefit, but it's for the growth of the body to hear, what are we praying about together, what's on God's heart, amen? so we don't want to confuse the two of corporate and private we need both and let me keep plowing here and thirdly surrender to the covenant community of the local church i'm a pastor i'm a teacher this is a huge on my heart to me at the end of the day it's all about the local church and if you don't attend here or if this isn't you're not in covenant with us that's great go somewhere where you can be a covenant member and get planted in a local church because that is jesus body and his answer for the world so check this out the enemy's fiery darts talking about spiritual warfare we've we've talked about some of the armor the shield of faith right that quenches all the fiery darts this shield this roman soldier's shield is really this tall like head to toe Massive thing that it, it might help you a little bit in hand-to-hand, but it's it's kind of unwieldy. If I was if I was going to get into a scrap with Nate right now, I would probably ditch that and just go after him with the with with the sword. Right? It'd be it'd be hand-to-hand. But these giant shields were made so that together in a unit, they would be put together and form like this iron dome of protection. So no one in ancient fighting was lighting a a bar dart on fire and you know throwing the fiery darts that's not a good term that's that's a that's a bad picture you need to picture thousands of flaming arrows being launched like and just landing on an army and it's only together that we quench the fiery darts of the enemy are you getting this you're not a lone wolf you're together in battle. We're accountable to each other. We need encouragement. We need prayer from each other. And to be honest, we need correction from each other. You need to listen to someone if they just say, hey, I don't think you're quite living the way you should. And I'm going to speak that to your life and I'm going to challenge you. You should say thank you. Thank you for being a faithful person who cares about me enough to challenge me to go higher. Amen. Too many of us are like, ah, it's none of your business or I'm offended now because you actually called me to a spiritual account. It should not be that way. We can encourage one another and sometimes encouragement is challenging. So here's what I think. If we take these three surrenders that I've talked about, authority of the word, priority of prayer worship, the covenant community of the local church and live in this place in unity, Psalm 133. I want to talk about this for a minute. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. I'm going to stop there for a second. I love the word live because it means it's not just a Sunday gathering. It's an ongoing engagement in our lives. We're sharing our lives together. Verse 2, it's like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard as on Aaron's beard, the oil which ran down upon the edge of his robes. If you're not an Old Testament scholar, this starts sounding weird, but I want to talk about that in a second. Verse three, it is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for the Lord commanded the blessing there, life forevermore. You need to see this as as a sandwich. Verse one, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. The last one, That's where the Lord commands his blessing. There's nothing stronger than the blessing of the Lord when we experience unity. And the enemy loves for nothing more than to bring division. So I want to comment just on that verse before I close. So, Aaron, you might not know, he was of the tribe of Levi, he was a priest. And did you know that the name Levi literally means joined in unity? When he was named, join in unity there's a story behind that you can you can look that up and then the oil the anointing oil was always symbolic of God's chosen one this is how he said I have chosen and anointed this particular person to be holy spirit empowered now together as the body of Christ we're anointed so the, the oil was some symbolic of God's chosen one the anointed priest and did you know the Levites they had no earthly territorial inheritance The Lord alone was their portion. Everyone else got a chunk of land. And he said to the Levites, you will minister before me. You will set your life as priests. And this is what they did. They did priestly duties and they settled disputes. They literally made sure the tribes were unified fascinating. Zion is the holy city. It's a type and model of the center of the kingdom of heaven, the city of Jerusalem, or literally the highest point. And this I thought was fascinating. I heard this a while back from Paul Wilbur. He said, as the collective dew would form in the high mountains, it would begin to flow down and start to gather in streams and rivers. And so as that life-giving water would flow down, then it would nourish the livestock, the crops, the people. Isn't that a beautiful picture of what can happen when unity is there? There's other things really interesting. Uh, the priests. The, the priests wore a breastplate. Did you know that? So would you, th- would you think about Paul talking about the breastplate of righteousness? I never did this hyperlink before until I did this study. The priests wore a breastplate, and it had the 12 stones of the 12 tribes of Israel on it. So that gives you a different picture of that and then i thought about this i think pastor walt had had expressed this before but how much oil do you think has to be dumped on an individual to not only get from the head to the beard but actually all the way down to the feet that's like a kentucky fried chicken bucket size of oil you guys are like come on it's it's about time for kfc right now right that's a whole lot of oil and it ran all the way so there's a picture let me just make a a spiritual metaphor analogy here whatever you want to do first of all we need to get rid of the tribe mentality everyone's talking about getting in your tribe we are one we are one holy nation we have individual gifts we shine you know in our uniqueness but this idea that you're gonna be so separated because there's something specific that you only hang out with these people, etc., that's that's bogus. We're one holy nation. We're not many tribal nations, we're, we're one nation. And God has chosen, despite our flaws and weaknesses, to bless and anoint us as priests. You are a holy priesthood, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, you're called by him. So it's vital to our unity as New Testament be- believers. We've been elevated to the highest place. Everything I've said has, has showed us that today. And we're seated in heavenly places. But how do you get there? We submit and surrender to one another. Amen. Amen. Then the gates of hell, the armies of darkness, can't prevail against a unified local church. Did you know one of the very few specific prayers we have in the New Testament? Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father were one. He prayed for unity. That's powerful. That was big on his heart. He knew the body of Christ would struggle with this. But he said, I'm going to pray that they would be one. So that's where the blessing is. That's where we have victory over the enemy. That's where we win. The surrendered life is truly the ascended life. I'm going to give two more scriptures that just kind of bolster this and then we're going to close today. You got anything out of it so far? Good. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all so that those who live would no longer live for themselves but for him who died and rose on their behalf. We live for Jesus, not for ourselves. and We live together for Jesus. Ephesians 4 Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord urge you And I, Pastor James, and the pastoral staff and the leaders here are urging you, the Church of Grace and Peace, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. And here's what that looks like. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Lord, help us. Lord, help us with that. But what happens when that picture comes to light in such a way that is such a powerful battle plan against the strategy of the enemy? I think we can do better. I think we're doing good, but how many of you know we can always do better, right? We can always step higher. hope you don't mind me calling you higher to that place today. So here's the thing, and I'm serious about this. Uh, James, the book of James, talks about faith and corresponding action Faith without works is dead. So today, God's word, something I said, stirred your heart and there's faith. Whenever the word is preached, faith arises. Our big mistake is to walk away and do nothing because there's potential. It's like potential energy. There's fair faith there. So you need to make a decision. And I'm going to invite you, whoever's watching at home and in this room, the most important decision you could ever make is to follow Jesus Christ, make him your Lord and Savior you might be doing that for the first time today. So there's information gonna be on the screen that I want you to text and let us know if you made the decision. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And I want every believer to pray this prayer. So you're accepting Christ for the first time. Secondly, God is asking you to change something and he's asking you to respond in faith. And so come to the altar, be accountable to that decision, decision today get prayer for whatever that decision is after service and we would love to help you Walk that out in faith. Whether you're a new believer for the first time and you're just starting your journey or you you need to dedicate your life in a different way, we want to hold you accountable and give you resources to do that. So can we pray this prayer together? I have a a very specific uh, prayer that I want us to say. I'll just say a part of it. If you could repeat after me, can we bow our heads and just make this a holy moment and do this transaction? If you don't feel um, led to pray this, no no coercion, no compelling, just it's, it's totally up to you. But I think it would be good for our atmosphere to pray this out together. So Father in heaven, right now, I acknowledge your son Jesus as the sinless sacrifice who died in my place and was raised to life by God the Father. I confess my sinful ways and my sinful pursuits and I turn toward you in repentance right now, declaring Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. By faith, I receive forgiveness and I walk free from the curse of the law of sin and death. I thank you, Father. I am now a new creation The old has passed away. The new life has come. I make this public profession sincerely, and I ask for your Holy Spirit to fill me to overflowing, to empower me to be a witness of this good news of your great love for all creation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Praise God. If you prayed that prayer and you made a decision for Christ today, the greatest thing that has ever happened in your life has just happened. Come talk to us about it. There'll be prayer down here uh, for you at the end. I just want you guys to be blessed and enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day weekend.